Hey, what's up, folks? This is Tony Brewer and Aaron Dotson. You're listening or watching, as the case may be, Christianity Now, powered by DigitalBibleStudy.org. This is the podcast and live show where we talk about timeless or timely topics, issues facing the Lord's Church, basically whatever we want to talk about that's kind of going on in the world today, and we discuss it from the timeless perspective of God's Word. We've got folks uh, rolling in this morning. Um, just to let you know, I'm going to plug this throughout. Um, I have a cogitations Facebook page and I have kind of, uh, re-upped my dedication to producing content. I'm going to try to put out four podcasts per week. One of them will be this podcast. So, uh, I produced a podcast Monday today. This one will be on the archive on the cogitations channel. You'll be able to listen to this audio and then tomorrow, uh, cogitations from Tuesday night live stream on digitalbiblestudy.org will be uploaded. And then either Thursday or Friday, there will be another podcast. So if you're not, if you're not subscribed to cogitations, be sure and do that just about anywhere you get your podcast. Also, uh, the two by two podcast is, um, there on, um, Facebook and the cogitations podcast. Facebook page is also there on Facebook. If you want to get questions or comments to me, that is the place to do it. And I see those of you that are rolling in, please share this. Uh, this will help us immensely. Wherever you're watching this, share it. But also be sure and go to 2 by 2 Podcast and be sure to go to Cogitations Podcast on Facebook and like or follow that page. Also, uh, quickly, I was sent a private message through Cogitations and uh, there's a Google document that I need to read. I read about the first half of it, and I agree with that Google document wholeheartedly. And that is either going to be a Christianity Now uh, full episode. We're going to dedicate a whole episode of that to that topic. Or I'm going to do a Cogitations episode about that topic. And I do not want to call the person's name that sent me the Google document, but it is about church hopping. And that person is indeed in here, and uh, I just want to let them know I have not forgotten you. I've had my nose to the grindstone in local work, and I have not had a chance to read your document in its entirety, but I agree with everything that, that's been written thus far, and I agree with your concerns, and I respect the fact that you um, say up front, hey, this very well may be my issue of conscience and judgment. Yeah, so that individual uh, sent it to me too, since you brought it up, but I've oh, not cool. been able to read it yet, unfortunately, but, uh, well, that means you're a bad person, Aaron. Yeah, I'm a bad, and person. I'm not a bad person, but, but, right. you are, but hey, so. since you brought it up on Christianity now, I'm going <laughs> to vote that you do it on Christianity now. Well, that'll work. Well, since you, yes. Well, since you've got it there, then, <laughs> then yeah, then yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. I smell what you're stepping in anyway. So <laughs> this is, this is, uh, this is my co-host Aaron Dotson and I'm, I'm his co-host Tony Brewer, Aaron. How have you been this week and, and all that good stuff? Man, I've been doing good. We're getting closer and closer to another baby uh, on the outside in the real world. And so we're preparing for that mentally and go. otherwise. And we're excited about that and doing things are going well. Just plugging right along. Yes, sir. That's amazing. That is amazing. Um, well, what's our verse, Aaron? You got it. You got it keyed up. Yeah, man. First Chronicles 12, 32. We want to be like the sons of Issachar because they had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Their chiefs were 200 and all their brethren were at their command. 
I like that last phrase too. They were at their command. They were, they were poised and ready to go. That's it. (laughs) We need to be that way. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Well, I've, I've got what I feel like are some really neat videos today. And they're all, of course, there's a golden thread, a theme run all through them. And after we look at all three of the videos, we'll talk about what that, what I believe that golden thread is. Jonathan Exum says, um, if you want a good coffee and suggestion, uh, Black Rifle Coffee makes a good coffee and a portion of the proceeds goes to our armed forces. So good coffee and a good effort to support. That's pretty cool. And uh, here's a topic, how to deal with false teachers in the church. What say ye? Yeah. Well, that, that could either be a very, very simple uh, topic. Uh, mark them. Have no, uh, have no fellowship with them and uh, all that good stuff, but I think there would be some nuanced things when it comes to the practical way of exactly how to deal with somebody. You know, are they a false teacher as in they are malicious, or are they just a genuine person that is just genuinely misguided? Yeah. So, yeah, that that would be a good topic of conversation. And good morning, Connie Barden and Debbie Mangus, Barry O'Dell. Scott Beck, good morning, afternoon, gents, and Vern Herndon, is, uh, Van Herndon is here, excuse me, Van, uh, Vern, I don't know, I guess the Herndon, anyway, <laughs> I'm going to back off, I'm going to, I'm going to retreat from that because I went off too deep in it, now, all right, that's it, false teachers refer to Jude and Second Peter, now, are you ready for the um are you ready for the videos darren oh man yeah put it to me i'm ready to go man well i just watched somebody all right oh it's loud i'm gonna have to adjust that uh i haven't got the hang of of this uh incorporating a video in but i'm gonna back that down some and i'm gonna back this back to the beginning all right i just watch i just watched some misinterpret someone misinterpret the bible this these are videos from tiktok and, uh, anyway, the, the, the theme, well, what we're going to, we're going to watch these videos and discuss them. And usually what happens on TikTok is whenever somebody comes in and says something like this, it is in reply to a video. Like he said, I just watched someone misinterpret the Bible. And usually you can click on the, the comment that he's replying to or something like that and go see the video that he's replying to. But this is not the case here. I don't know why, but. I can only surmise that someone was talking about uh, Jesus. There, there's a video going around from a Muslim man that talks about how Jesus could not have been the son of God because Jesus was forsaken by God. Oh, and I'm we like, well, that brethren perpetuating that. And, and we have our brethren perpetuating that. And, and, and that's actually a, a good observation and a good reason why I do not teach. Jesus was forsaken by God. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know what this was in what what was this what this was in uh, response to, but just listen let's let's listen to the video. Well, I just watched somebody misinterpret the Bible. My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? Here in Matthew 27:46, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Jesus Christ on the cross, surrounded by the Jewish priest that had just convicted him, was quoting scripture from 800 years before, written by King David. When he realized that those priests didn't recognize the 22nd Psalm, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He makes a point here that I don't agree with. He said, didn't he realize that those priests didn't 
recognize the 22nd Psalm. I think the precise reason he quoted, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken yes. me, is because they would understand that this was a, a, a citation of the 22nd Psalm. This is what is referred to as a metalepsis. And that's a, I, I, Aaron, I think that's like a $7 word. <laughs> and yeah. um, basically it means it's a hyperlink. Whenever Jesus quote says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He's bringing the people who hear him into remembrance of the entirety of the song, of the song, of the psalm, which it is a song. Anyway, let's keep going. The mascot of the 10th Roman legion that had just nailed Jesus to the cross was a bull. I would be very interested. I have not researched to see if this is true. I'm assuming it is. The mascot of the 10th Roman legion that was nailing him to the cross the mascot was a bull, and he cites the the scripture here where the bulls of Bashan have surrounded him. Interesting. Say that, that one more time. The the region. What the, is it? The the mascot of the tenth Roman legion, which would have been crucifying the Lord, which would have been working the the the, cro the crucifixion ground that day, was a bull. Now, if this is true, it's really neat. Yeah. I just so tried to, anyway. just tried to look it up on the internet, huh? That yeah, don't see anything immediate, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, and again, it it could be one of those things like the Hubble Space Telescope seeing all of the days except for one. You know, yeah, I mean, the, it's the camel and the needle's eye. And all yeah, that. and the camel and the eye, of the needle, and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. All right, you ready? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Many bulls have compassed me. Verse sixteen: For the dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. The highest people in the Jewish religion didn't even realize that he was quoting a scripture that was written 800 years before that exactly described those events. I disagree with that. I think they knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah. And, and yeah. well, that's not well, true. Well, the, taunt, the taunts at the cross against Jesus were that God had forsaken him. Yeah. So had Jesus said, yeah, God forsook me, he would have been saying that they were right. The people yes. that crucified Jesus were right. You got to put that in perspective. Yes. And got to put that in the equation. And I want to mitigate what I said. They, I don't know that they made the connection, but I think some would have. It goes back to Matthew chapter 13. Uh, but blessed are your eyes, seeing they see not, hearing they hear not, neither do they understand, lest at any time they should believe with their, or see with their eyes and hear with their ears and believe with their heart, and they should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Yep. I think that there would be some people there who would have gotten the message, and maybe even some of the Jewish leadership, but I think I'm going to change my original answer. I think he's right. Generally speaking, they did not realize that he was that he was talking about this because even the scripture in Matthew says that they thought he was calling out to Elijah or something. Mm -hmm. So I kind of I kind of went a little bit too far with yeah, my knee jerk that, reaction. They didn't, they didn't have like precise understanding of what was going on and what he was saying. You no, know. no, they didn't. But they, they would didn't. have been somewhat familiar, and some of them more so than others, with this psalm. 
those that yes. would have known the psalm well would have known that it was about David and how David appeared to be, and that's the thing, I don't know if you want to talk about that, but he appeared to be forsaken, but God, in fact, did not forsake him. God was with him, and he maintained his fellowship, and that's exactly how I've preached this passage, that God, yes. that the Father and the Son maintained fellowship through the greatest of trials, and so can we. Yeah, well, the psalm itself, uh, and this is something I've pointed out, Jesus is the psalm was used as a psalm to call together, to call to order the assembly in the synagogue. Mm -hmm. So they would be milling around, they would be visiting with one another, and the leader would start singing a psalm, a, a, one of a selection of psalms. Yep. One of them would have been this. Yep. And so you would have been very familiar with this psalm, even the common individual that would go to synagogue. And here, verse 21 Save me from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the wild oxen. You have answered me. Well, it starts with, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from the words of my roaring? I cry in the daytime, in the nighttime, rather. You hear not. What does it say, nighttime or daytime? Anyway. Um, yeah, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear me. And in the night season, and am not silent. But then he says, but you are holy, enthroned in the praises of it. Anyway, the idea is in the beginning of the psalm, he is, he, it's a burst of emotion. Yes. And then as he's singing, he goes and says, but you have answered me. Yep. It he gets, goes on to celebrate that God vindicated him. Yes. Before yeah. And yep. well, and it goes on. Why, why will I declare your name to my brethren? Why in the midst of the assembly will I praise you? Why should those who fear the Lord praise him? Why should the descendants of Jacob glorify him? Why should you fear him, all you offspring of Israel? Verse 24, because he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, nor has he hid his face from him. But when he cried to him, he heard. Now, that's powerful. Absolutely. That's powerful stuff. So I, I don't like, when I first heard about Jesus being forsaken by God, I cried. It affected me in such an emotional way. And I believed it for years. Yes. And I remember when I first started to doubt was at the Memphis School of Preaching. It was during research week, the week that we take off to be doing our papers and stuff. And I was in the library sitting with Jake Sutton and Tyler Jenkins and it was me, Jake, and Tyler, and we were talking about things. We weren't supposed to be. We were supposed to be studying, but we were talking about things. Yeah, yeah. And I brought this up, and Tyler Jenkins, he didn't even look up from what he was doing. He said, well, I've never understood how if Jesus and God are one, how could God forsake himself? Yeah. And I'm like, well, there goes that. Because weren't they at one with one another? <laughs> they, 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 yeah. Aren't they? Yes. Now, th that, that's, not, that's not a hammer argument. Like, that's not the argument that you would use to close the matter. Yeah. But that, that kind of punched through my wall of cognitive dissonance, if you will, mm -hmm. and made me go down the, the rabbit hole of questioning this. <laughs> Here's a thought that I've always wondered, too, or I say always, for a long time I've wondered, if Jesus was forsaken by the Father, 
when did the father quit forsaking him? When did they get back into fellowship? <laughs> I, I even heard I heard one preacher say it was when he was resurrected. When he resurrected him, they were back in fellowship together. Well, I was like, wow, there, but he went to paradise when he died. Well, that's the thing. There's a whole doctrine that, and, and I don't know how they, I don't know how they get around the fact that Jesus said, "Today, you will be with me in paradise." That means Jesus died in fellowship with the Father and, and went you to paradise. Don't out of fellowship with the Father and go to paradise. No, that destroys that whole idea. But there, there's this whole doctrine. There's this whole theology that says that. Jesus didn't go to paradise. He went to torment. Yep. And I'm like, that, that, that's just, that, that's patently false. Like you can't, yep. you, you've got to just deny the meaning of phrases and words. I, I even heard, have you ever heard this one? Romans 8, 32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? I heard it argued by, it was supposedly a gospel preacher saying that, the father did to let's see the father does for us what he didn't even do for his own son that oh, he wow. will never he will never leave us or forsake us hebrews yeah. 13 5 but well, he did forsake his son so he did he didn't even spare his own son he delivered him man. up for us all he turned his he turned his back on it all and i'm just yeah I'm at a loss of words like wow uh, how do you even, yeah how do you argue against that i mean what jonathan exum has a comment the Bible doesn't say, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee except my only son on the cross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, 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 how could you even trust God, Tony, if he won't, if he would forsake his only begotten son? Why wouldn't he forsake his adopted son? Well, you, you could not trust. I, I, I wouldn't, to be honest with you. I, yeah. I would have a big time struggle with that. Yeah. And, and I, these are things I don't think brethren think about. No, no, that, I, I don't believe so. No, I don't. I don't believe so. But what anyway. would make the father trustworthy if he forsook his own son? That's that's it. All right, let's keep going in the video. Yeah, if God forsook Jesus, what are we to make of Isaiah fifty three? Isaiah fifty three ten and eleven oh. explicitly states God did not turn His back on Jesus, and the whole deal about the the sun being darkened. God is the source of light. And when the world was dark, that's when Jesus was out of fellowship with God because he was bearing the sins of our world. And God has pure eyes that he cannot behold sin. Like, man, that sounds good. It makes good <laughs> preaching. It's just wrong. Yeah. First off, if, if you go to, is it the verse in Habakkuk there? But thou art of pure eyes that cannot behold sin. The very next line in the very verse is, but you are looking at the people in sin. So it's 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 the second the second line in the verse denies the proposition built on the line from the first verse. Yep. Yeah, if that indeed is what it means, you know. So like so like Jesus, why would okay, if that's the case, God can't even look at sin. What would that then mean about Jesus? He looked away from him. That would mean Jesus was sin. Yes. Well, so that, like that's Jesus the doctrine. was a violator. That's terrible. Yeah. Oh that, man, that, that damnable is all get out. I know, and and wow. that's the doctrine, Aaron. Here's another thing, and I know you and I have talked about this, but one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible, it might be my favorite verse, is John sixteen thirty two. Indeed, the hour is coming; yes, has now come that you will be scattered each to his own, and will leave me alone. 
and yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. Oh, I love that. And that gives me so much assurance. Here's the deal. If God forsook him while he was on the cross, then Jesus was not only mistaken that the Father wasn't with him, but he lied. Yes. Ooh, because he said something that was not true. That's yes. a lie. Ooh. And, and incidentally, grammatically, that that is that that verbiage is in aorist tense, which means it it has it, it is happening in the moment and has effect into the future. Yep. I am not alone. Aorist tense. You are going to leave me alone and you're going to be alone. You're going to be scattered. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not alone. I won't be alone. I'm not alone now, nor will I ever be alone. Yep. Oh, I love that. And incidentally, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, even if I get shipwrecked on a desert island, I am not alone. Yep. God will never leave me nor forsake me. Oh, and Satan will say otherwise in a heartbeat, buddy. I guarantee it. He'll do everything. He'll lie every which way to get you to think you don't have that fellowship with yeah. God. Well, what does a what does a group of predators do to a to a uh, a herd of prey animals? They separate them. They got to separate away from them. The parents, from the leader, from the shepherd, from that's it. Mm. That's it, and that's that. This this is a. I don't know that it's a damnable doctrine. I think you can believe it and still go to heaven, but it is a doctrine that is dangerous because it's what the deceiver uses to make people feel alone. Yeah, I'm struggling like. Calling Jesus a sinner, that's the one I'm struggling with, if that's not damnable. Ooh. Well, so let me, let me you know, mitigate that, this. Yeah. What you were talking about was... Yeah, there are people that believe that Jesus was, was forsaken on the cross, but don't take it so far as to say yeah. that. Ain't, yeah. you know, it's, that he was separated from God because he sinned or he was a sinner. Right. Yeah, right. I, think that, I think that is true. There are people that say that. It's true that people say that. Yeah, yeah. And believe right. that. Man, but, yep. say, but if you believe that Jesus is a sinner, I mean, you can't be saved. I mean, because Jesus is the advocate. I, I, I know. The sinless sacrifice of Jesus. You're being saved by a sinner? I, I'm, I'm with you. You, you misunderstand yeah. the the nature of God. Yeah. And uh, Jonathan says, what about calling Christians sinners? Yeah. we, we I, And I tell this to everybody I baptize into Christ. And and the Lord has blessed me with having to tell many people in my time of being a, a gospel preacher, and I've had to tell them this, and I've told them this. From this point forward, you will never have to be referred to or refer to yourself as a sinner ever again. You will always be, if you remain faithful, a saved person, a saint. Mm-hmm. Don't refer to yourself nor think of yourself and don't let anybody else do it either as a sinner. Yep. Yeah, one well, of the songs has that line in it. I remember I know remember they I, sang that at camp or something and you Jesus uh something me about. the sinner. <laughs> I'm like, like, well, wait no. a second. I, and I I suppose now that I've thought about it, there's a certain perspective. Well, that's the thing. Jesus saved me. Past ten, the sinner. Like now, I'm. Struggling. I'm not a sinner. He saved me when I was a sinner. So you could change the line. Jesus saved me as a sinner. Yeah, but Which or, is, or or maybe something better even. But I don't like the idea of thinking of myself as a sinner. I'm not a sinner. Yeah, there's 
multiple songs like that. I'm trying to remember one I've sang all my life that goes like, uh, oh, oh, how marvelous, you know, how oh, how marvelous. wonderful. Oh. He says, yeah. he says, and wonder how he could have loved me, a sinner condemned unclean. And yeah. I, you know. Well, so, and, and, and like, again. Okay, I'm, if you're talking about past tense. Yes. You know, well, that's, that's the, the thing. thing. I do wonder how, how could. And I guess that scripture in, in that while we were yet sinners, God commended his love towards us, mm-hmm. you know, but I would, as a song leader, I would even, I would even, you know, if, if I, if I was at a congregation that had this kind of issue, I would be like, Hey, look, we're going to sing this song. And the song, the song, this line is from the perspective of, as I look back before I was saved, then how, how could he have loved me a sinner? Yeah. He he come and, and that's scriptural. That's Romans uh man. Help me out. Five uh, Romans five, yeah. Five eight. eight. Yeah, six through eight there. Yeah. yeah. So here's the the lyrics. It's called I Stand Amazed. Yeah. Uh and yeah, there, I suppose there's different versions of it. But what bothers my conscience is the first verse. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me. A sinner condemned unclean i'm like i'm not a sinner i'm not condemned and i'm yeah, not unclean now when i sing it i say i wonder how he could have loved me that that changes things that's the way i sing i'm it. with you you see there's a, yeah. to me there's a difference yeah i wonder how he could love me well i know how he could love me now i know how he could love me because uh, you know right anyhow but no makes sense makes sense I, I was a sinner and i was condemned and i was unclean and you yes know, but past so, tense Connie, Connie Barton says, I'm so glad I happened on this study today. We were just talking about this Sunday, and our preacher believes God turned his back on him. Oh, we plan to discuss this further, and this discussion is a great help. Yeah, Connie, I would hammer home Isaiah 53, 10, and 11, and right here in Psalm 22, verse 21. Save me from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the wild oxen. You have answered me. I would declare my name to the brethren. Why? In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. Why? Fear the Lord. You who fear the Lord, praise him. Why? All you descendants of Jacob, glorify him. Why? All you offspring of Israel, fear him. Why? Because he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the, affli- of the afflicted, nor has he hid his face from him. But when he cried to him, he heard. Man, how do you argue against that, Aaron? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's 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 from the perspective of the psalmist, which this is a messianic psalm. That would be from the perspective of Jesus. In my opinion, probably some, if not many, who believe this, especially within the Lord's Church, there's a few things they probably haven't considered very closely. Would be my yeah. guess. So, well, you know, Johnny Ramsey believed this. Oh wow! So he's and, perpetuated and, that within the church. Yeah. Yes, and he and Johnny Ramsey quoted quotes. Um, let me go to my e-sort here. What is it? Uh, is it Habakkuk? One thirteen, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Let me go here to Trusty Rusty. So last year I spoke on the seven sayings, the seven final sayings in the NEA lectureship. Right. I, I turned my whole entire time slot into focusing on the one we're discussing. That Well, it needs it. I did. And I mean, I... <laughs> I, f- I felt like I was as clear as I possibly could have been. Yes. Uh, All right. So 
Johnny Ramsey, and I, I don't want—I don't mean to disparage the dead, right? But it's—it's it's on video, and you can find it on YouTube. He said, and there are folks who should know better, who teach that Jesus wasn't forsaken on the cross because of whatever, whatever. And then he quotes Habakkuk one thirteen, but all he quotes is, "Thou art of purer rise than to behold evil, and canst not look on iniquity." All right, so that, that that's a that's a that's a that's a uh, an explicit statement that the implication of that statement one would infer that God cannot look upon iniquity because of his pure eyes therefore he has to turn his face away. However, the very next line Habakkuk says, "Wherefore lookest thou upon them that deal treacherously and holdest thy and, and you're holding your tongue?" when the wicked devour the man that is more righteous than he. So there, there's, a, there's, a, there's an implication of a proposition in the first line. God, you're a pure eyes and cannot behold evil and cannot look, up the, look upon them, look on them uh, in iniquity or cannot look upon iniquity. And then the question, the, the, the assumption of the question, or the, not the assumption, but the, the question that Habakkuk asked the implication of that is a denial of the proposition upon which the statement in the first line is based. Mm-hmm. Wherefore, like Habakkuk is saying, you are looking upon iniquity. You are lo- you are beholding evil. Why are you doing this? Because you have pure eyes and you can't do this, but you're doing it. Yeah, Habakkuk was the questioning prophet. You know, he's trying to understand yeah. why God is permitting these Babylonians and to live and why is God going to use these Babylonians to punish Judah? That's it. You know, and that kind of thing. Why, why is he going to allow that? He's letting this continue on. Obviously when he says you're of pure eyes and behold evil, can't look on it. That would have to mean that God doesn't look on it with approval. I, I would say so. I mean, either surely, that or early. Cause he sees it happen. Either that or Habakkuk is wrong. That's the thing. Yep. Either of those two work. Habakkuk is an unreliable third-party narrator, and the Holy Spirit uh, is is inspiring Habakkuk to write his question that's based on a false premise. Right. Yep. Or, in the context, Habakkuk means you're of pure eyes and can't behold evil and can't look upon iniquity and approve of it. Yeah. And it's looking like by your inaction that you're approving yes. it. Yeah, I think that's what he's, yeah. I, I like the latter better than the former, but I'm fine with yeah. either one. Yeah. Because n- neither damages the text in any way. Well, the deal is, is that Jesus Messiah did not die having violated anything. Even his taking our quote-unquote sins to the cross did not make him a sinner. Yeah. He, he took our sins, he bore our sins in his body as the mm-hmm. sin offering. Second Corinthians five, what is it? Twenty one. Yeah, the sin and, and offering. He was no more literally bearing sin than than the scapegoat. Yeah, of of which he is the antitype yes. was bearing sin literally. Yes. Yep. So anyway, he did not become a sinner, but was the sin offering. That's it. And and now I think what sometimes people will say. Even Christians, they'll say, well, I don't think he became a sinner, but the sinful events that were going on and happening to him, the father looked away. And though that sounds decent, I think it's still missing the mark. 
Yeah. I don't think he, 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 he still saw what happened and what Jesus did and what Jesus endured pleased the Father, Isaiah yes. 53, 9 through 10, 10, 11. Now. Yes. It pleased the Father what Jesus—it didn't please him that people were sinning against him. It well, pleased him that Jesus did the Father's will for the saving of the souls. Well, God's justice was satisfied at that point. Yes. Deuteronomy twenty-eight sixty-three is a wonderful verse. Yep. As I rejoiced over you to do you good, I'm going to rejoice over you to bring you to nothing and pluck you from off the land. Yep. The reward rejoice there is hard for people, but basically God's justice is satisfied. Yep. Um, a couple of comments. First off, good morning the, to the folks that come in. Missing me alone. Douglas Connerly, my family and I are doing well. Thank you for asking. And Brandon Dreschner, good morning. And David James Stafford's where I wanted to get. Unfortunately, people misunderstand 2 Corinthians 5.21. Christ did not sin. The rest of the verse specifically says, emphasis added by me. I don't know if he'd say it like that, but I do. Specifically says, who knew no sin. Mm-hmm. He 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 did not die guilty of sin. He died as the sin offering. So what? So the people that think, well, the father looked away. Why? Why was the father looking away? What? It's because he was bare. He was dirty and filthy and covered in sin stain for us. And he it, felt the lack of fellowship more harshly because he knew what it was to be in literal proximity fellowship with God. And then that's when the tears come in, and it makes for good preaching. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just not true. Right. Habakkuk one thirteen, you're looking upon sin and iniquity. Here's Isaiah fifty three. Let me finish it. Isaiah fifty three. You did not turn your back. Psalm right. twenty two. You did not abhor. You answered. Anyway, go ahead. Oh yeah, sorry about that. I was just gonna say, you know, absolutely. I mean, it's another thing that has to be asked about this that should be considered is did Jesus actually quote that question for an answer? You know, was he not stating it for learning and teaching and contemplation? Isn't that why God and the master teacher, Jesus Christ, asked questions? He's not asking it like, I really don't understand why I'm forsaken. Why, God? Why, why, why am I forsaken? Well, I, he, that's a very good point. I, what? But if, 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 let's just... Let's oh, and if we've already closer. stated and we've given sufficient, I think, we've given things that can think about, but yeah. he's not, he wasn't forsaken. But why well, then was he, would he, would he ask yeah. such a question? If, if he was indeed forsaken, yeah. he would not have to ask. He would know why, because he still did. He's still God. If you if you say that he's asking because he did not know, you have to take from him an attribute of deity. Yep. I guess they would say, well, he limited his knowledge, just like Matthew 24, 36. And that's probably what, what they would say. Mm, he limited yeah. his knowledge and he didn't know or something. I, yeah, I, just, I, I, don't, I, don't buy, I don't buy that in Matthew 24, I, I, 36 either. I don't either. But anyway, all right. I think we've I think we've covered this by as much as we can. I, I do want to give this comment from Rita, though. When animals were offered up as sacrifice, they had to offer animals that were without blemish. Jesus was our perfect sacrifice. Oops, yep. hold on, it jumped. Jesus was our perfect sacrifice without blemish and did become sin. He remained unblemished. I think she meant did not become sin, literally. Yeah. Maybe. I don't want to put words in her mouth. Yeah, she retyped it just now, see. Yeah, animals that were offered as a sacrifice had to be without blemish. Jesus was without sin, blemish. 
and when he was offered up as a sacrifice. Yes, and and he just because he bore the birth, and that's another thing, metonymy. It's a name for another for another name. He bore our sin is a metonymy for the consequence and guilt of that sin. He bore it in his flesh. He he did he did not bear it in his spirit, did he? In his soul. Yep. His soul, which is the part of you that's eternal, which is the part of him that's God, did not bear that guilt. He went to paradise. But he suffered the earthly consequences of sin and the resurrection, in my opinion, in my the way I perceive and think of things, the death took away the physical consequence of sin, death, and the resurrection took away the, the soul consequence of sin, eternal damnation and condemnation. That that's that's extremely reductive, and we may talk more about that in a more nuanced way. But I kind of I kind of think about that. Yeah, he was raised for our justification, and, then, we, and then we're raised too to to walk soul, in newness of life. Of soul. Yeah, yeah. Here and now. Yeah. I was just going to mention, like, if if there are folks that are watching and they're interested, I've I think I can put the section that I wrote on fellowship from that NEA lectureship into one document that's one page long about that verse, and yeah. I think it pretty much summarizes what you and I have said. Yeah, and, and I do. I do treat Psalm 22 with a few more little details and you've probably sure. done it too, Tony, but if anybody's yeah. want, you know, interested in that comment on there, and put your email or something and I, I can send this document to you for your further consideration. And for those of you that are watching, there's 16 of you now. Would you please share this live Absolutely. stream? Yes. Uh, that would be so great and, and be sure and interact with whatever platform you're using. And also go to cogitations, Facebook page and the two by two podcast, Facebook page, We've got people on the Cogitations and the 2x2 two two podcast uh, page that are watching. So thank you very much. Now, Aaron, you ready to progress? Yeah, you going to finish that video or is that the end? Of uh, that, it that's pretty that? much the okay. end. Okay. Yeah. I love you in Jesus' name. Like and follow the trumpet for more. And have a blessed day. God bless him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, 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 uh, I'm going to reserve judgment for learning more about him, but... I hope he's a. I hope he teaches the truth. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Uh, now, next video. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Go ahead. I can't remember what it is, Aaron. <laughs> it makes if it more fun. If that's true, then why didn't Paul understand that? Why did all of the Christians that spoke with Jesus write to Paul concerned that the kingdom of heaven hadn't yet come? Because that clearly shows their understanding to be different than your interpretation. All right. I tell you what. I'm going to rewind this and get what she said. She said, if that's true, then why something or another? Yeah, let's hear it one more time. She's talking about somebody else's statement, so we don't have if their statement. Yeah. If that's I mean, true. Yeah, if, if that's true. true, which evidently they're having a discussion about the second coming. Yeah. And the question on the screen says, did Jesus tell the time of his return or something like that? Right. If that's true, then why didn't Paul understand that? Why did all of the Christians that spoke with Jesus write to Paul concerned that the kingdom of heaven hadn't yet come? Because that clearly shows their understanding to be different than your interpretation. You're right. 
The first century followers of Christ thought that they would see the return of Christ. Paul never once sets a date. And it was not Paul who wrote, with the Lord a day is like a thousand years. It was Peter who wrote that in 2 Peter chapter 3. Paul never sets a date, ma'am. Never once. Neither does Peter. Neither do any of those guys. But yes, ma'am, you're right. They did live with an imminent expectation of the return of Christ. And ma'am, that's the... All right, I'm going to stop there. So th this is a woman that's arguing with this fella. And granted, I, I know somewhat of this fella. He's not, he, he's not a New Testament Christian as the Bible defines that term. But he is a Bible scholar, even though he's wrong about some things. He is the expert in the field. And it's it's interesting. I don't want to I don't want to put forth that you don't need to question people who make a living studying the Bible. You need to scrutinize. You need to question. But you need to the the onus is upon you to make sure that you are studying to show yourself approved unto God. I, I made this point from the pulpit the other day. Um, people ask me a lot. Well, Tony, do you have to have a Bible education to preach? My answer is always yes. And they get kind of up in arms because they think that I mean you need a diploma from a preaching school. I do not mean that. I mean you have to have a Bible education. If you're if you're not educated in the Bible, if you haven't spent time studying God's Word more than just Sunday school and Wednesday night, then you you don't need to be setting yourself forth as a Bible teacher and speaking with authority to people who have been educated in that and people who do dedicate their time to that. Yeah. And and this woman clearly like she she obviously in the in the in the video in this exchange is questioning this guy and says um Jonathan that does not disqualify the apostle. The apostles were educated in the Bible. Yeah. They had this treasure in earthen vessels. Yeah, now they they yeah. they got the knowledge different than you and I have to get the knowledge. Yeah, and Jesus picked them; they were not well educated, but they spent three years in seminary with Jesus, and yeah. then they received special knowledge, complete knowledge from the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so they were educated even before the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit, like you're saying, they went to the Jesus Christ school of preaching. I mean, that's they it. were with him for three and a half years. Obviously, they couldn't remember everything, and that's why one of the reasons why they were guided by the Spirit directly, you know, John 16, 13. But yes. they were not learned and trained by Gamaliel's school, et cetera, right. the schools of men. Right. But, but the leaders did recognize that they had walked and talked and been with Jesus. That's it. They could tell. She, yes. And that but, had and, to do with their learning and their knowledge. Yes. And I will tell you this, I can recognize sometimes where a person went to school at by the way they preach. Yeah. And again, I, I'm not saying that yeah. you need to go to preaching school in order to be a Bible scholar. You do not. But you do have to be educated. Study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to yeah. be ashamed, rightly yeah. dividing the word of truth. Yeah. yeah. That takes more than just Sunday morning Sunday school, listening to a sermon, and then Wednesday night Bible class. Yeah, it takes daily study. I talk about the digital Bible study family all the time. They're the cream of the crop. 
they get more hours of Bible per week than any other group that I know. You know, there, 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 and there have been some people in my life. There's, well, there, there's a there's a woman at Bay, Arkansas, that I would I would put her up against any quote unquote Bible scholar that anybody that can that can produce that that you can produce or anybody they can produce, and that's because. While I was there, we focused heavily on educating yourself in the Bible and and studying God's Word and and figuring out how to be approved unto God, workman that needeth not to be ashamed, handling aright the Word of Truth. Yep. And and most sadly, most of my brethren, they're like this woman. They 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 they, they find something in the Bible, they cling to it. And well, the, the day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. Didn't Paul say that? Yep. Well, no, ma'am. Peter said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, you got anything to add before we go on? No, go ahead. All right. The way I'm supposed to live. I am supposed to live. Okay. Yeah. So the, evidently they're, they're discussing this and she's, she, her, her proposition is because the first century Christians expected a imminent return. That means somewhere they were told the date that is Uh, irrational. Yes, it is. And he is just, he's dismantling that. He said, no, he said they did expect an imminent return, but what he did not say first and second Thessalonians, first Thessalonians deals with the return. Second Thessalonians is like, Hey, by the way, it ain't going to be tomorrow. If a man don't work, neither should he eat. In fact, he's not going to come unless there be this falling away, and the the man of sin, the son of perdition, is going to is going to manifest, and and all this, that, and the other. Yeah, you know, and and if a man don't work, neither should he eat. You need to be about living your lives, and and just live as if he's going to come tomorrow. Yep. But understand, there's some things that's got to happen first. You don't know. That's right. But yes, ma'am, you're right. They did live with an imminent expectation of the return of Christ. And ma'am, that's the way I'm supposed to live. I am supposed to live my life as if Christ could return tonight, and he really could return tonight. But I don't know that. He might return tonight, 10 years from now, 1,000 years from now. Jesus clearly said, no one knows the day or hour of my return. So I don't know. And Paul never claimed to know either. That's why Paul never said a date. Neither did Peter. That's it. Yeah. So it's 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 so easy to, um, if you have a working knowledge of the Bible, if you're dedicated to Scripture, it's so easy to set it right. Some of these crazy things that people believe. Yes. It's kind of like from the last segment about Jesus being forsaken on the cross. Well, God turned His back on Jesus because He has pure eyes and cannot behold sin. All you got to do is go to. You don't even have to go to Psalm 22. Yeah. Just go to Habakkuk one thirteen and read the rest of the verse. Yeah, it's you, you don't you don't have to you don't have to be. Uh, don't take this the wrong way. Yeah. You ain't even got to be very smart. Yeah, the Bible clears it up. Yes, and and we have people. Sadly, we have people in our numbers that consider themselves even you know they 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 a, a little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing. And they think because they have a little bit of knowledge that I think about what Ronald Reagan said of liberals. It's not that they, that, that it's not that they're wrong so often. It's not that they lie. It's just that they know so much that isn't true. That's what he said effectively. Mm-hmm. And and that, that's the way 
people well, are. You know, but, one thing that I think about the Habakkuk one thirteen, that's just taking one verse from a completely different context and inserting it into the sacrifice of Jesus and what Jesus said. That that yeah. would be the first thing that I would say to somebody probably before I even dealt with what did Habakkuk actually mean in his context. I would just oh, yeah. say, you realize that Habakkuk lived, you know, in the 500s BC, and he's talking to a different audience for a different reason, for a different purpose. You can't just use Habakkuk one thirteen as some catch-all verse that That's applies it. to every single other verse in the Bible. Take Matthew twenty-seven forty-six on its own merits. And when you do, it will require you to look at Psalm 22. That's I'm not it. saying you can't look at other verses, but only only do so first when it's necessary. Like Matthew 27, 46 is a direct quotation of Psalm 22, 1. That's it. So it would necessitate you to consider both contexts. Jesus dying, his sacrifice, he's the sinless son of God. He knew no sin, 2 Corinthians 5.21. And yet Psalm 22 is the verse he's quoting. Well, let's go learn something about Psalm 22 because the people that were there, the Jewish people, would have been familiar. Even if they didn't fully understand every detail as to how it applied to Messiah, and I'm sure they didn't, they would have known the gist of Psalm 22.1, and they would have understood what it meant about David. They surely oh, yeah. would have. Yes. And like I said, that's, so the, 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 well, I think the theme of these videos is manifesting itself. Yep. And now let's look at the next video. You ready? Yep. The question is asked, can a Christian lose salvation? And this is a profound video. I really like it. All right. The question is asked, can a Christian lose his salvation? And what I... And what I want to make sure people understand is that the quality of your answer is determined by the quality of your question. That's amazing. People get irritated at me sometimes because I always ask, well, what do you mean by that? Yes. What do you mean by that? Yes. Um, you know, well, is it a sin to pray to Jesus? What do you mean by sin? What do you mean by Jesus? And what do you mean by pray? Prayer. Mm -mm, yep. Well, they don't like it. It irritates them. But well, I that, love it because we're trying to, we're trying to, you know, test know. all things and to hold fast to what is good. I know. I know. You have to define and terms. There's meanings, you know, words or vehicles of communication. You got to yes. know, define your terms. You got to know what we're talking about. That's, That's what it. a lot of arguing, a lot of arguing that goes on in the world is just arguing over each other. It, That's about 90% of it. It's, 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 it's that, that is called a more. verbal dispute. Yep. Whenever you're arguing with one another, but you have yep. not established a proper definition of terms, you're not actually having a debate. Yep. So we would says, call that the arguing past one another or having a verbal, exactly. a, a verbal dispute. Absolutely. All right. So he says the quality of the answer determines the or what do you say? The quality of the question determines the, the quality of yep. your answer. Yeah. And Paige Perry, will I share the link to this video? I, it is on TikTok somewhere. I downloaded it from TikTok and I put it into a, a video editing software. And I this these three video. I do that every week. I I take three videos and I I put them in an editing software. I, I render them together so I can have them here for the program. But um. I guess it's a long way of saying I, I can't, and, and not because I'm unwilling. It's just because I I don't I don't have it. All right, you ready, Aaron? Yeah, go ahead. 
So when you ask, can you lose? Let's stop right there and address that word. Lose means that it is unintentionally gone. If you lose something, it is in a place where you do not know where to find it and you do not know how it disappeared. It it's just by accident. Good stinking point. Yes, absolutely. This changes the way that I'm going to talk to people from now on, by the way. Yep. Yeah, I, haven't, never, I haven't been saying losing salvation for a right. while because I don't like the way that. that I, I know. And I, I've never been real happy with it, but this yeah. just solidified it for me. You know, I, I've always tried to accommodate and, and use the language that other people would use, but yeah, I'm, I'm I, not going to grant that anymore. My thing is like, and this will help me to get it out and you could critique it, but my thing is just, can a, can a person in Christ so sin and so remain in sin and be in such a condition spiritually so as to leave the place of, you know, the place of spiritual blessings and, well, that, and you know, not that's be, a high quality question. Therefore you get a high quality answer. Yeah. Well, you can go to scripture and answer that question. Yes. Go ahead. But technically like the Bible, the Bible does not, does not address at all losing one salvation no. as the term lose is typically used today. Yep. yep. All right. Let's keep going. Yeah, go ahead. It's just there by accident. So asking me if you can lose your salvation is a really silly question because it would suggest that you did something to be saved in the first place. I have to give a very um, loving uh, interpretation of what he's saying. It is true. You did not do anything to gain your salvation. You did, however, have to obey God, and God gave you salvation as a result. Yeah. I do believe that he would probably profess a a faith-only type of doctrine. Yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to say that. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. You didn't do anything to be saved. It's the gift of God. Salvation was given to you. So can you lose it? Can it accidentally be taken away? Can God, while you're sleeping, decide to erase your name from heaven's chalkboard? No. Why? Because your name is written in a Lamb's book of life by His redemptive blood in His redemptive grace, mercy, and love. The question that people are trying to ask and would prefer to argue instead of understand is not can a Christian lose their salvation, but can someone throw away their salvation? The answer to that's it, and that, yep. that, that's 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 a simple way of putting it. But that yep. that that's what we just talked about. Not can you can I lose my salvation? Nope, you sure can't, because lose implies it's accidental, it's unintentional. Yeah, and nobody can take it away either. John ten, it can't be that's, stolen. Romans eight. Yes, nothing can separate that. us Ooh. from the love of God. Yes, yes. Nothing in heaven and earth, which means yeah. God can't do it. Yes. As long Satan. as you're walking in the light as he is in the light. Yep. Yeah, all, all right. the powers of Satan can't take me away. That's it. I don't want to be taken away. I'm not going to be taken away. That's it. All I'm right. in the driver's seat. <laughs> That's it. So can someone throw away the gift God gave them? The answer to that is? To that is Yes. An individual in their free will and volition can decide, I don't want to accept this gift of salvation. I don't want to live for the Lord. I want to break His Ten Commandments. I want to break His law. I do not want to live for Him 
And when they do, they will suffer the consequences that the Bible very clearly outlines. But can you lose your salvation? That's a scare tactic that has been way overplayed by religious audiences and needs to be understood clearly by those who have accepted Jesus Christ. If you've unwrapped his gift, that gift is yours because he gave it to you. Wow, he even said if you've unwrapped that gift. Wow, he's kind of going which against is, a little bit what he would believe. Probably. Which implies you had to, quote unquote, do something. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good stuff. Um. All right, so comment in the comment section. I want to, uh, Paige Perry says, this is a game changer in my heart. I so often struggle with understanding blessed assurance versus sin in my own life. I love the defining of lose. Yeah. And it, isn't that how it works? Isn't that how truth works? Yeah. We defined a term, and if you and if you think about losing your salvation as something that's unintentional, you know, like I lost my car keys. Well, I didn't intentionally, I can't lose my salvation like I lose my car keys. In other words, I'm not going to wake up one morning and be like, oops, I don't, I'm not saved anymore. I, I, I forgot. Look, when did I be, when did I lose my salvation? I lost it. I don't know where I put it. <laughs> you no, know, no, but you can intentionally because of your own free will and volition toss away and discard Mm, tried underfoot and consider this great salvation a common thing. Mm -hmm. That's intentional. Yep. And as the man said, you will suffer the consequences of that decision that the Bible so clearly lays out. What you got there? You're looking at something. Oh, I was copying down that email that somebody put. I was going to say. Oh, I thought you, I, I, I was ready for something profound, man. No, you were, you were focused. No, I was like, I'm, uh, I, I wasn't I calling you out. You. I was like, oh, yeah. oh we're going to have something good. Yeah, I hate to disappoint you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's good. This is good stuff. I mean, just define terms. You That's know, it. using God's terms, God has supplied the confidence and assurance, like that comment says, the blessed assurance. Was it someone in school that taught us that said, don't, that it's, I basically, I'm paraphrasing, it's unbiblical to sing blessed assurance with your fingers crossed. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but people are, you know, well, when you, sometimes I think people don't have confidence because they know they're living in sin. And that's sometimes. a problem. That's yeah, a problem. Sometimes. But, but, but sometimes, if not often, it's not that problem. They're striving to do what's right. Yeah. And and they just need certain things from God's Word that will better educate them and give them the peace that passes all understanding that will guard their hearts and minds and That's give it. them that confidence that they can know, First John 5, 13, well, I can know that I know that I know that I know. That I'm saved. That's it. Yeah. So I, I, I dealt with this during the, the beginning parts of my adolescence. Oh, well, we're just all a bunch of old wretched sinners, and, and you have no choice but to sin. You're going to sin every day, and you just try to do your best, but you're going to fall short because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and you just depend on Jesus to cover the gap. And and and, and every time you sin, you come out of fellowship with God, and you got to pray your way back in. I'm like, well, well, that's ludicrous. Yeah. It's not, first off, it's not what the Bible teaches, but... There's no there's no there's no blessed assurance in that. No, there's the not. blessed assurance is if you walk in the light as He is in the light, you have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses 
and keeps on cleansing you from all sin. And there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Yes, and sometimes that necessity, I say sometimes, it requires too going to 1 John 1 and defining from the context what it means to walk in the light. Walking in the light does not mean sinless perfection. Well, if I sinlessly, if I, if I perfectly, with no sin, keep his word, then I get to have the blood. No, it doesn't mean yeah. you're sinlessly perfect to get the blood. It, right. It, it, it means you're walking in the light. You're committing yourself to him. You're making application, just like 1 John 3, 9. If the seed abides in you, you do not make a practice of sin. That's it. That's a choice well, you make. But and, and Aaron, I just guess I should ask the question, shall we continue in sin exactly. so that so that we can get more and more grace? No, it does not work that way. You can't continue to sin so that grace may abound. You cannot. It's a so I don't question. have a license to sin. No, absolutely not. Okay, I'm just making sure. I, and that's <laughs> the thing. Got to define your terms. The gospel is very clear about these matters. That's it. Uh, David says, when we when people say we sin every day, then we are no better than those at Rome who continued in sin, Romans 6. Yep. And when I try to put push it into people's heads, hey, I think it's been three or four days since I've sinned. I can't remember the last time I sinned. People get uncomfortable with that. Oh, you can't say that. You you sin and you don't even know it. I, I, I don't know. I, may, maybe. I don't think the Bible teaches that, but anyway. Yeah. They just get uncomfortable with it. Like you think about it, sit down and think, which which is why living with purpose is very important. Yes. Sit down and think, when is the last time that you sinned? Well, we've just been conditioned to think and to believe. We just sin every day, you know, and nearly every hour. I mean, I know some people are sinning every minute. Well, it's like children of God who are striving to live right are sinning every hour. And, in the in the opening what? prayer of the worship service, <laughs> our Father, please forgive us of our sins. Yeah. And then at the closing prayer of the worship service, and Father, please forgive us of our sins. What did you do in the hour? Yeah. What law of God did you violate within one hour? <laughs> and I know it's possible somebody could have sinned within an hour, but I know. You know, sometimes we word things like Miss Connie Barton just said. I've heard preachers say we sin every day. No, that's not so. That's a that's a very uh, specific thing to charge to all people. You know. Yeah. You know, we we okay. The preacher, the elders, all the brethren, we sin every day. Preacher, how do you know that you weren't? Even with me for ninety nine percent of the day, how do I know you know it. I sin every day? You I know, know. and and so, <laughs> Greg James was we could unknowingly sin, and that is true. If you know ignorance is no excuse of the law, right. but he follows that up. That's why we study yeah. to know when we sin or not, and that's a good that's a good callback to the entire theme yes. of mm-hmm. all of these um, videos. Knowledge of Scripture melts away every bit of confusion. We have to be people of the book. Awesome. Paige Perry says, holy paradigm shift in thinking here. <laughs> Paige, you don't know how much that makes us yes. joyful and, and fulfilled. Amen. 
I appreciate it. I'm glad that we were able to help you in that way. And I don't feel like it was us. I mean, it's, again, it's just all the Bible, you know. And, Tony, with that comment that Greg made, that was a real good comment. You know, we could unknowingly sin, but that's why we study to know when yeah. we sin or not. First Corinthians 2, 4, uh, not 4, but verse 6, it says that the people that killed Jesus did it in ignorance. There is yep. no denying that. But That's nonetheless, it. on the day of Pentecost, they were told, you're guilty for sinning in ignorance. That's ignorance it. is not an excuse. And you'll see people, uh, that's 1 Corinthians 2, 6. He says, nor the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers. Um, he says, I'm sorry, verse 8, 1 Corinthians 2, 8, which none of the rulers of this age knew. They didn't know the wisdom of God. They did not partake of the wisdom of God. Had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So they did it in ignorance, and they oh, and were held th accountable for it. Th think about how how highly the Holy Spirit thought of them, and the Holy Spirit would have known. If they would have known, and I mean really known, they wouldn't have done it. Yep. Oh, man. Yes. I, 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 I think the, the ramifications of that is just hitting me. Maybe yeah. maybe we, totally off the subject, maybe we, if we think of people in the world as if, if you really knew Jesus, you wouldn't be living that way. Maybe that's a better way to approach evangelism than say, hey, you know you're wrong and going to hell. Okay, so what? What if we say, let me, let me tell you about my friend Jesus, my brother, my, my savior. And let me introduce you to him, and then if they really get to know Jesus, a, a, a consequence of that, a byproduct of knowing Jesus is, you're not going to live like that. Yeah, I'd probably be inclined to even say something like, especially if I got to know somebody just a little bit, I would be inclined to say something like, I, I, you know, actually, I really believe that if you knew my Lord, that you you would not sin against him. I believe okay. if you knew my Lord Jesus Christ, you would obey him. Well, the, Matter of fact, I had a Bible study with a guy who's one of our driving forces here in our congregation. Yeah. Before he became a Christian, he had been prepped and primed before I came. I just came and put the icing on the cake. We yeah. had sit down three. We had three sit down Bible studies, and the last one I did my best to put it right on his nose. Yeah, and I said, "I'm gonna tell you." I said, "I mean, it was just right there. I could see it. Like I, it's like I could see his heart beating in his face. Yeah, just like he, he knew it. And later he told me." I got hit right in the face. It's exactly what I needed. I kept putting it off, and I knew. And he, <laughs> I told him, I said, I called his name, and I said, I truly believe that if you have time and opportunity, that you will do it. I truly believe that because you're mm -hmm. a person who loves and desires integrity, and mm -hmm. I believe I can tell by your, you know, your otherwise life. You profess to serve God, and and you profess you love Jesus. I Amazing. said, I. I and I'm telling you, he's like a driving force here now. I'm telling you, he's a child of God, you know, but there are that people is, that are looking for this. Just reminds me that people are looking for the truth. Man. Well, that's what love is to believe the best in people. Yep. If the people who crucified Jesus had have actually known, they wouldn't have done it. Yep. How much more loving can you be? Yep. Than to say that about those that killed the precious son of God. Amen. When you meet somebody on the street that's not a Christian, if they actually knew who Jesus would, who was, they wouldn't be living that way. Yep. That's loving. That's believing the best in them. Yep. All right. Which, let's it, end. which incidentally, doesn't that even fit 1 Corinthians 2, 8 also 
catch touch into uh as to why they crucified Jesus, it wasn't because they were preordained by God to do so. Because had the they truth. known, they wouldn't have done it. That's right. <laughs> Paul wrote That's that. Right. That's Anyhow, right. Go ahead. All right. Let's end on this one. Scott Beck. Will it blow the Calvinist mind when we agree with them that we cannot quote unquote lose our salvation? It, yes, it will. And and that that blown mind might quite possibly help punch through yeah. the triple wall around the heart of cognitive dissonance, selective perception, and selective exposure. Yep. And, and, well, wait a second. I've never heard a Church of Christer say, agree with me, saying we can't lose our salvation. Right. You're right. We can't lose our salvation. We can throw it away. Right. Now, let's talk about what the Bible says about that. Well, what? what wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Let's go back. You you said you agree with me? Yeah. Yep. You, you cannot lose your salvation. Losing is unintentional can't misplace something God's given you. Yeah. But let's see if God, let's see if the Bible teaches that we have the free will, which is also given to us by God to spurn the gift or to receive the gift and then afterwards throw it away. Yep. That is a much higher quality question and discussion to find the answer. Absolutely which is based on the truth of God's word. And that's, that's the getting back to Greg James. We, we study to know whether we, when, when we sin or not, all of this today talks about uh, the theme of today's show is be a Bible student, learn to speak intelligently about the Bible and not fall prey to a bunch of useless platitudes and verbal disputes. Aaron, what do you got? For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. And That's there are power. other people in this world that they would not live the lives of sin that they're living if they truly knew the Lord of glory. That's it. And it's our and it's our responsibility and privilege to live the life of the Lord of glory before others and to speak his deeds among the people, to talk to people, to teach people. You Amen. Know, people are not going to learn. Uh, and we have to be willing. Uh, one of the passages that I this week have been meditating on, John five thirty nine. you search the scriptures for in them, you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me. Well, that another cog for the Calvinists there. It's mm-hmm. not that they couldn't come. It's They're that they willing. weren't willing to come. They were not willing. And so it, when, but there are people that are willing. Yes. They don't know. They don't have right. that motivation. They don't have that information. They don't have that good news. People and need to be our, loved and served and helped. And our job is to is to disseminate information. Absolutely. And he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And, and strive to live a life that reflects that we truly believe that information. That really yeah. helps. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? It really helps. Yeah. All right. Well, we're not but 11 minutes over the hour or, or not. The t- it's one thirty here, but what I mean is we're eleven minutes over the hour long show, yeah. And uh, I think it's time to end. Uh, I don't have any thoughts. Just study the Bible, study to show yourself approved. Um, make sure that before you speak as an authority on Scripture, you've really studied the Scripture. There's nothing wrong with not speaking up as an authority when you are, quite frankly, not an authority. And you don't have to go to a Bible school or a seminary to be an authority, but you do have to spend the time in study. Yep. 
Absolutely. All right. Aaron, you got what got anything you want to end on? Uh, you just go through first and second Timothy, you know, the God's requirements to the teacher, you know, to That's the it. evangelist. And you can see all that, what you just said. But uh, to the person that put their email on there, I'll send them uh, that document. If anybody else is watching, they want it. I can send them that same information that we were talking about. Matthew 27, 46, about did God forsake Jesus kind of stuff. So cool send it out. I hadn't forgotten about you. I'm going to get it to you. All right. Remember, like and follow the Cogitations podcast on page on Facebook and the 2 by 2 podcast on Facebook. If you're watching this on YouTube or Digital Bible Study, be sure and like and follow that as well. Press the subscribe button and hit the notification bell if it's YouTube. Also, subscribe to the Cogitations podcast and the 2 by 2 podcast. Uh, you can find that just about wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, this has been Tony Brewer and Aaron Dotson with Christianity Now. And uh, this is us signing off. We'll catch you on the flip side.